So tonight, guys, we are going to be talking about all things supporting your mental health. And the goal of tonight's session is to give you an in-depth knowledge of how exactly to take advantage of the hormones and the neurochemicals in your brain, the, the neurotransmitters, sorry, and the chemicals in your brain to help you support your mental health. Now, we're going to be talking through four main hormones and neurotransmitters, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And you've heard me talk about these four before. You've, you've heard me talk about them a lot. Before I get into tonight's session, what I want to start by saying is that I am not a therapist. I am not a counsellor. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I am none of those things, although I am studying a qualification in mental health and exercise coaching, but I am not a qualified therapist, okay? Which means and some, you know, some of you and I have had this conversation where when we get to a certain point with mental health, it becomes beyond my remit. And I must refer and suggest therapy, counselling and other professional interventions because I am not qualified or insured to give you therapeutical, therapeutical, that's not a word, is it? Therapeutic, that might be the word. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a therapist. I can't pretend to be a therapist. So what we're talking about tonight is all advice. It's advisable action that you can take. I'm not suggesting that you do go away and take this. I am just suggesting that these are things that are very, very simple that anyone on the spectrum of mental health can start to implement to benefit themselves. But I need to say that as an absolute sort of uh, forward, if you like, sort of disclaimer to this session. I am not a therapist. And so if you do feel that you're in a place where you need one, I, I am not the, I'm not the person for you in that area. You need to go and you need to seek out a professional therapist. Personally, when I went through therapy, I used BetterHelp. And I found a therapist on there who I really liked and had a few sessions. And then I went private with her afterwards. So that's just the way I did it. If you are really struggling, you can reach out to Ed Support as well. They have qualified therapists and counsellors on their hotline. I'm not sure if it's 24 hours a day, actually, um, but for most of the day, at least. Maybe it's 24 hours a day now. I'm not 100% sure. But there are people that you can reach out to. Of course, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you about mental health. It's a huge part of what we do. But just know that there is a line where my remit has to end. So now we've got that out of the way, let's get into tonight's session. Notepad and pens for me. And let's get kicking with dopamine. So dose. This idea of dose I have magpied from a guy called TJ Power, and you've heard me talk about TJ before, he's coming on the podcast soon, I'm currently trying to get him to come into the group to do a guest webinar with you guys as well, because he is awesome, he's an amazing guy, he's quite a young guy, um, I know I want to talk, but he's quite a young guy, but in his career as a speaker, a neuroscientist, a neurologist, he has achieved unbelievable things and he's come up with this principle of dose, which for me is probably the easiest way that I, most digestible way that I've ever heard actionable advice for mental health be be, be put into. It's, it's the most accessible thing I've ever heard and that's why I share it with you guys. So dose, like I said, are, are the, uh, makes up the four, is made up by the four chemicals that we can exploit basically, you can manipulate to support your mental health. And the first one is gonna be dopamine. So dopamine is responsible for motivation, concentration, excitement, and that feeling of wanting to progress. If you've ever felt like you've been in a bit of a rut or you're a little bit stuck, it may be because you are a little bit low on dopamine. If we don't get enough dopamine, we don't have enough in our system, we're not producing enough, we can suffer with procrastination, we can suffer with, by the way, I've realized that demotivation isn't a word, but you know what I'm trying to say, a lack of motivation, anxiety and depression. So if we don't have dopamine, we get a real stuck in the rut feeling. 
Okay, it's really important to, to, to notice that. Now, what can what can affect our dopamine? Pretty much a lot of the things that we do day to day, sadly. Short, fast videos that give us lights, sound, color, getting likes and shares and comments on it on, on social media also gives us a little hit of dopamine. Scrolling through social media gives us little hits of dopamine as well. So short, fast videos, consumable content. The way that dopamine works is essentially it's a reward chemical. Dopamine is there to be released in anticipation of reward. So go back a few thousand years, someone's, you know, trying to, I don't know, in, <laughs> someone's trying to invent a spear or someone's trying to capture, capture something and they invent a spear. It's dopamine that made them do that. It's dopamine that made them want to make things easier. Dopamine is your progression chemical. It's your reward chemical. If we didn't have dopamine, we wouldn't get up off our bums and go and do stuff. Cave people wouldn't have hunted or gathered food, right? Nowadays, we wouldn't get up and brush our teeth and go to work if we didn't have dopamine. So dopamine is, that, is responsible for a lot of motivation. Sugary snacks can wreak havoc because, again, they give us a big hit of dopamine, a big reward chemical, and then that comes crashing down. Same with sort of very high, any highly palatable foods, sugary, high fat, high salt foods, crisps, biscuits, cakes, chocolate. That's why we like them so much. That's why we be, some people can become addicted to them because they give us a big old hit of dopamine. Drugs, obviously, goes without saying. Drugs play on our pleasure and reward center of the brain. Dopamine is responsible for that. If we get good um, dopamine levels, we are motivated. We feel like we want to get up and we want to go and we go on, go and do stuff. We want to make progress towards our goals. And we we can notice when we do have high levels of dopamine by, by feeling like this. Wanting to work towards your goals, focus productivity, digital detoxing, being more likely to do that, and ex- being willing to go and exercise and to move our bodies. And those are also the ways that we can get it. So if you're ever low on dopamine, think about this. How can I snow, snowball my actions from the smallest possible action? And we talk about this all the time, don't we? Up to the biggest action. So how can I make progress towards my goals? Can I go have a glass of water? Can I poke my head outside in the fresh air? Can I go for a walk? Can I get a 10 minute stretching session in? Can I turn my phone off, digitally detox, and go and meet a friend? So you're actually getting out of the house and you're going to do something. Think about it, if you're sat down, sedentary, not physically moving forward, you're scrolling on your phone, you're not getting all those rewards that we are set up to get. We are a tribal species, we are set up to go out, get the rewards and come back. If you're not doing that, you're not gonna be getting your dopamine. So make sure that you are taking care of that. Those are just some things. Saying I'm gonna go out for a walk and then going and doing it, great way to go and get dopamine. So that then leads us on to oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love and connection hormone. It's responsible for feelings of love and connection, feelings of trust, feelings of empathy, feelings of kindness, feelings of wanting to be near people. Like I said, we are a tribal species. If we didn't have this, the human race wouldn't have progressed. Oxytocin is sort of there to ensure that we get along and we survive enough to reproduce. That's basically what oxytocin is for, is to make everyone be harmonious, if you like, um, and get to the point where the, the species continues. Now, obviously, things are a little bit different. And if we don't have positive levels of oxytocin, we can experience loneliness, anxiety, low levels of confidence, sadness, and, of course, depression as well. So some things that contribute towards poor oxytocin levels, using basically anything to block out that social connection. So if you're spending time with a loved one or a friend or or a child in your class even, and you're just using your phone and you're scrolling and you're not looking at them and you're not speaking, hearing, responding, 
you know, socially interacting, that's going to really impact on your oxytocin levels. Some people try to get the same connection as they, as they normally do from relationships from their phone. It cannot be replicated. Social in-person relationships, we found this out through COVID and lockdown, didn't we? Social in-person relationships are so important for our mental health. Social media comparison as well, it's distancing us from each other. It's not bringing us closer together, unfortunately. Judging people, co uh, gossiping about people, speaking badly about people behind their backs, all of this doesn't help oxytocin. And doom scrolling, going through, rather than being social with someone, you know, you're sitting next to your partner and you're just both doom scrolling. You know, I do it, we all do it, let's be honest, we've all been there. We get stuck in the doom scrolling loop and that really negatively interferes with our mental health. So how can we get oxytocin? So regular physical touch, um, phone-free socializing, daily gratitudes, recognizing accomplishments. So I know I bang on about gratitudes and practicing gratitudes all the time. You guys are probably sick to your teeth um, of me going on about it, but there is a reason. As well as rewiring that negative mindset and that negativity bias and allowing us to start to build up our positivity bias that we don't naturally have, and other than helping us to reframe what is a bad event, sorry, what we think of as a bad day into actually it's just one bad event and not letting that become a bad day a bad week and actually being realistic and saying okay something pretty crappy happened is it a crap day or is it just a crap event and sort of getting a bit more of a grip on it and actually sort of getting a better perspective gratitude journaling is great for all of that stuff but it's also really important because it starts to get us to reflect on the relationships and the social connection that we have which is again of course, really important for oxytocin and getting us to feel connected with the people around us. We're a tribal species. We can't get away from that. Even if you're a bit of an introvert, you still need this in your life. Let's get on to the S of dose, serotonin. Let me know, guys, if this is all making sense so far and if you want to give me any more, um, if you want me to give any more detail. Kareem's asked a great question. What is doom scrolling? So essentially getting into a loop where you're just scrolling negative news or negative social media, or it might not even be that. It might be your people that you're following, but you're comparing yourself. Basically, if you're just constantly scrolling and it's making you feel pretty rubbish, that's doom scrolling. And then we get into a pit where you're in quite a low mood and you just continue to scroll even though you know it's not making you feel good and it's almost like a I don't I'm not sure what the worst way to put it almost like I don't know, get trying to get revenge on on it in some capacity you know you're feeling pretty rubbish so you just keep scrolling the stuff that's making you feel rubbish and we end up in a bit of a loop it doesn't always need to be straight away making you feel rubbish but it might be stopping you from doing other things so basically you get you get stuck in a pit of negative scrolling essentially great question so serotonin, let's get into that one. It's responsible for your mood, your happiness, and your emotional regulation. Most commonly, serotonin is called the happiness hormone, but it's actually more of a mood stabilizer and it's a precursor. That means that it, it interplays with lots of other chemicals and hormones as well in the body. Some are responsible for mood and mental health, some are responsible just for other body processes, okay? One of the things that's really important to note is that about 90% of the serotonin in your body is produced in your gut. So if we are not eating fruits and vegetables, if we don't have good gut health, if we're drinking you know, tons and tons of um, sugary, quick fix drinks, if we are having loads and loads of caffeine, if we are if we just generally have a less optimal diet, you know those some of the time foods, if we're living mostly on, on those some of the time foods and not on the most of the time foods, if that is us and you have very poor gut health and you don't have a good microbiome, that's a good range of bacteria living in your gut, 
your serotonin isn't going to be produced as well as it could be. And so basically eating um, less optimal junk food, essentially, can lead to mental health problems or mental health issues. Okay, not necessarily mental health illnesses, because that's more of a permanent structural change to the brain. It is reversible, but it's more of a structural uh, structural um, change to the brain to be classed as a mental health illness. But a mental health um, sort of issue or a problem is more of a temporary thing. Okay, and I think we've probably all experienced that, and we don't see structural change in the brain. Okay, and again, without going into a bit of a mental health um, rabbit hole here around all of that kind of stuff, and um, we, you know, I'll, I'll leave it there. We won't go, we won't go into that one. So, if we do have low serotonin levels, what what can happen to us? We can overthink. We can experience low mood. We can be very, very irritable, low energy. Just typically, what people would say: not feeling my best, not feeling very good, feeling a bit crappy. And I know that's a bit of a simplistic way to put it, but that's the best way that is. I would say is relatable. You just feel a bit meh. You know, nothing's really bringing you much joy. And that could be due to low serotonin levels. So what can cause low serotonin levels? What can contribute to it? Stressful news, particularly if you're someone who wakes up in the morning and listens to, for example, you know, the BBC News or puts on Good Morning Britain or I don't know, whatever it is, right? I don't do any of that. But let's say you do. Pretty much from the get-go, you're waking up and hearing negativity. Or you wake up and you go through your emails and notifications on your phone. That, of course, spikes cortisol our stress hormone, you know, if you, if you if you are then reading your emails and you've got a ton of negative stressful things coming through, it's not going to be great for, for serotonin. Late nights on your phone, again, getting into a bit of a scrolling um, rabbit hole here, watching cats play piano on TikTok is the example I always use, um, or watching baby, baby monkeys riding backwards on a pig. Who remembers that? Anyone remember that one? Baby monkey riding backwards on a pig? If you haven't seen that video... It, it was it was around like 15, 20 years ago, I think, way before the age of TikTok. If anyone remembers baby pig, a uh, baby monkey riding backwards on a pig, I think it was a baby pig, actually, um, let me know. And if not, if you think I sound absolutely mental and you haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, go and go, go and YouTube baby monkey riding backwards on a pig. It's It'll make your day. It'll, it'll give you a little hit of oxytocin, a little bit of ah sort of feeling. Um, so... Lack of time outdoors, lack of time in nature. We know that it's really, really optimal for our mental health to get out in nature and into sunlight. And again, eating a less optimal diet. Again, I don't think unoptimal is a word. I'm making up words today. Bit of a, a um, less optimal diet. Becca remembers baby monkey. Naya remembers baby monkey. Yes. Good. I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, eating a less optimal diet can obviously impact on our gut health and therefore, as we said earlier, our mental health as well through serotonin. So what can we do about it? We can get out in nature, we can get out in sunlight as much as we possibly can. We can make sure we are getting an absolute ton of veggies in, you know, five to eight veggies a day. I always say five because it's the ballpark figure. Remember telling you guys the story that when they came up with the whole five a day um, campaign, the research actually showed that 10 a day was the best number but they couldn't go to a nation of people and say, right, you're having zero, you need to get 10 because people will be completely turned off the idea. So they came up with the manageable amount of the five a day. Five a day is great and it's what we aim for as a baseline. But if you can get six, seven, eight, it's not gonna do you any harm. And if you can get a range of colors in your fruits and veggies, particularly dark, deep, leafy greens, 
that will be fantastic for your gut health as well. Give the bacteria in there something really good to eat and feed off. Um, it's a bit strange that we need that bacteria living inside us, isn't it? Um, but it's the way it works. It's the way our gut works. Uh, deep sleep, getting into those really good deep layers of sleep, stage three and stage four out of the four layers of sleep, particularly, particularly stage three. Calming our body down, calming our central nervous system down, deep breathing, breathing exercises, meditation, just anything that brings your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your breathing rate down. Really calm activities, yoga, things like this can really work. Okay, so that's serotonin. Finally, last page, moving on to endorphins then. So I've got a little bit less to say about endorphins. Um, and they're a little, they're not a, they're not a lesser um, chemical by any stretch of the imagination. They're really important, but there's not as many ways that we can sort of really get endorphins. And they don't have... I guess as much of a role as the, as the other three, but they are still really important. Endorphins are the body's natural painkiller. It's what you release when you do really intense exercise because it basically it's the body saying, okay, my muscles are, are being challenged here, my lungs, my heart, my cardiovascular system, they're being challenged here. I need to keep this going. Another example, imagine running away from a saber-toothed tiger. Um, I need to keep going, I can't stop. I've got, I've got a bear chasing me or a wolf or a saber-toothed tiger chasing me, I need to keep going. The body can't just stop because you, you'll die. So we've evolved to have these natural painkillers be released when we're going through intense bouts. Now, the interesting thing is that, yes, they're released in terms of intense bouts of exercise, physical activity, but they do help mental activity as well. So we know that going to the gym and I don't know, lifting heavy weights, for example, or, or lifting any weights or resistance training, body weight training, cables and um, bands, all those sorts of things. That's amazing for your mental fortitude and your mental strength and resilience. Because by going in, you're challenging yourself to lift those weights and there's the mental element, but also we release endorphins if we have a really good session, a really intense session. And that gives us that mental strength as well and it gives us that ability to be resilient to stress so when we go and do physical activity it's trans it transfers into our mental activity if you like so when you go to work and you have a really stressful day if you've been to the gym in the morning you feel a heck of a lot more resilient than if you haven't been in two weeks or if you go to the gym every single night or you've been for a run or you're, you've just got up and done some physical movement you feel more resilient to stress, you feel like you've got a bigger capacity and you're in a better better mental headspace to manage it. So how can we get it? I had to pick my words carefully here, so I hope it comes across what I mean here. Um, intense exercise, okay? Goes without saying, making sure that we, our heart rate is up, we are working hard, no matter what it is. Intimate relations has is my choice of words. Um, you know what I mean. Intimate relations is another way to get endorphins. Singing, dancing to your favourite songs, uh, and laughing. Real sort of deep belly laughing with friends, family, kids in your class, whatever. Really laughing and sharing in that moment. Really good for endorphins, okay? All really, really positive. So guys, that is dose. Dopamine oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Again, if you're just joining me towards the end, this is a concept I've borrowed from a guy called TJ Power. I would really recommend you go and check him out on Instagram particularly. He's just released his very first app actually called Neurify. And it's, it's, I think it's like 37 pounds a month. I'm gonna check it out just for one month and see what it's about. Um, but it sort of talks you through it. It almost coaches you through. Um, it's a learning platform very popular with secondary school children apparently and secondary school teachers and um, but it coaches you through and it basically explains 
dose in more depth and gives you examples and challenges and other things. Um, it's called Neurify and it looks really, really interesting. So I'm definitely going to be checking it out. But just to finish off, what questions do you guys have? And what I'd love you to do if you feel comfortable doing is sharing pick carefully, sharing your examples of your experience with um, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endor I make myself laugh, endorphins. Um, so some of the things that you do that sort of release dopamine, so thinking about um, working towards goals, focus productivity, saying you're going to do something and going and doing, doing it, digital detoxing, exercise movement, saying you're going to do those things and doing it. It's, remember, it's the reward we get in anticipation of, of completing your workout, basically, is what it is. Let me know, what ones do you use? What do you do at the moment? And is it worth doing? I'm hoping the answer is going to be yes for all of them. But just share your experiences with me, um, with everyone here, if that's okay, of what you do at the moment out of this selection. Um, so just to whiz through them again, oxytocin, Physical touch, hugs, cuddles, playing with pets, friends, family, um, even having sort of, you know, having a bit of banter with the children in your class, feeling part of a tribe, phone free socialising, getting rid of your phone, daily gratitudes, recognising accomplishment, um, serotonin, walks in nature, sunlight, getting um, some low steady state movement in can really help, good nutrition, good gut health, deep sleep, calming and breathing, endorphins, Exercise, singing, dancing, laughing, uh, we will go with there. Which ones do you regularly do and which ones do you find most useful? Yep, Lizzie, that's the that's the selection of uh, vocabulary I have chosen and I'm not going back on it. It's the best way I could word it. <laughs> I thought about that for, for a, uh, a long time. Um, Simon says, uh, oh, Simon says, the days I do my morning walk before work, my mental health for the day is so much better. I feel alive and buzzing by the time I get to school. I totally recommend it. Yes, Simon. Love it. Really, really, really good. I tell you what, this week I've been playing around with my routine and I've swapped my, uh, most days this week, swapped my morning walk with a morning workout and I've then gone for a walk later in the day. And although I still feel pretty good after the workout, I know that if I went for a walk and then a workout, I know I'd feel much better. I think it's the fresh air, it's the low steady state movement. You know, it's not high intensity or anything like that. It's a bit of quiet and solace and time for yourself. And I guess what I'm doing is going to a busy gym and I'm not getting that time of quiet and alone time. Do you see what I mean? So Simon, I completely understand and I've noticed that difference. Um, Jazzercise releases so many endorphins. Dancing, singing and laughing, so good. Yeah, sounds amazing. Cuddling the dog, lots of dancing are my musts. Yes, love it. I have a terrible singing voice, but I do like a sing and a dance, I'll be honest. Dancing and singing when you're cooking, there's no better no better feeling when you're done with a working day and you put your tunes on, you have a good sing song and you cook something tasty. Again, really, really good. Cooking a nice healthy meal, great for dopamine. You know, you've done something positive for yourself and you get the reward for it. Walks in nature with the dog, CrossFit training, yep, awesome. 6 a.m. gym classes, put me in, puts me in good form, excellent. Walking laps around the playground with my LSA and the children, enjoy having a chat and the laugh with the children. Walks outside, yeah, absolutely, Sam. I love that. That was one of my favorite times of day. Um, it really, really was. Going for that daily mile, even if it was sort of three times a week we did it, because there's no pressure on anyone. There's no, the children who sort of feel quite a lot of pressure during learning time and they're sort of 
maybe quite self-conscious or have low self-esteem around their learning or they struggle with their learning. The ones that sort of, you can tell they're like in a pressure cooker during lesson time. When you're out on the playground just walking, there's zero pressure. And it's always, well, it tends to be those children who really come out of themselves in that low pressure environment. Um, and again, the movement, the sunlight, the nature, all of that obviously helps as well. Getting out from a walk, um, most of the time, uh, I put my phone in my pocket so I can really connect with nature and journaling in the morning and the evening. Excellent, dear. Spot on. These are amazing, guys. Really, really good suggestions. And if there's anything that I haven't said or if there's anything um, that you do, please chuck it in the comments because this video will stay up and people can come back and they can check your comments and get some top tips from you guys um, because you these are, these are brilliant. Absolutely spot on. Love playing music loud and having a dance while no one's... Yeah, always whilst no one's watching, Sam. Always whilst no one's watching. I love it. Absolutely love it. Just working with small children um, and what they come out with makes me and my TA laugh a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Teaching is amazing for oxytocin. It really, really is a lot of the time. It's also very, very good for cortisol um, and your stress hormone. However, it, is, yeah, it has got a lot of positives when you're having a good, good time with it. Absolutely. Guys, this has been absolutely awesome. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for your interaction tonight. I really, really hope it's been useful. And even if it's stuff that you knew, hopefully it's been a chance to sort of revise it and recap it. And maybe you picked up one or two things that you can now take away and run with to support your mental health over the rest of the month. This is one of the most tricky times for mental health of the year. It's still winter. It's dark. It's cold. It's now freezing. It's now snowing again in some places. The festive season's done. We've got a few months until it gets light. This is quite a tough time for a lot of people. However, if we can start to put some of these things in place, I'm not saying that it's a, a an alternative to therapy or potential potentially medication. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that this is these are things that you can do for free that are quite simple. They can be as quick as you like and you can use them to bolster your mental health. Not fix it, not solve it, but just to bolster and support it whenever you can. Yeah.